Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are premium proud sponsors of this. And this is Good Brews Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. And joining me, I hope that we can get across the border from our, uh, our Brisbane studios, it's Matt Colonel I Know Nothing Kierkegaard. Colonel Kierkegaard, good morning. Good morning, Pete. What, what was that? What, what, what? <laughs> Where did that come from? All the news down here is that Queensland border still closed. Queensland border, open the borders. Let oh, us in. Why are you so obsessed let with people us? people out. Yeah, why would we want, you know, we like it here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A bit of isolationism never did Queensland any harm, did it? All right. New South Wales wasn't big enough to keep you guys out, so uh, we've actually had to close the borders. <laughs> Nobody's mentioned anybody else's borders in Queensland. We clearly don't care, I, do we? No, no. It, it, and it seems to be that, uh, and the other the other issue too seems to be this concept of, of space and uh, square meterage and persons per, um, which seems to be, my uh, news feed is certainly clogged with uh, particularly venues that are concerned that they're not going to be able to, it's not going to be viable for them to open um, amidst all this excitement that, oh, everyone's allowed to be open again. Yeah, and uh, actually, do you want to introduce Claire and then we'll pick that up? Because <laughs> I, I basically did it myself. <laughs> There's a boom in the room. We're also joined by Claire Boom Boom Burnett. G'day, Claire. All right, Pete, how you doing? Very well, thank you. Yeah. Well done on your fine work this week. A couple of really good stories this week. Oh, thank you, I think. Well, she did have a performance review this week, Pete. I so did, yeah. Sort of, uh, you know. Ah, that'll make sense now. Me and Matt are still friends, bang- though, so... <laughs> It all, it all bangs together like a wrestler's plums. All right, Matt, now tell us about this whole venue, square meterage, persons per. Well, look, yeah, again, you know, it, it's a little bit that we um, talked, picked up on last week, um, particularly when we were talking to the guys from Hemingway's, you know, of a 2,000 square metre, a 2,000 square metre um, mm, venue. Yeah, um, it's so, big, something like that. You know, so having 10 people in there, you know, like you could fire a shotgun and not hit anybody. Um, and then you've got small little bars that will have the same... And uh, so, you know, you can completely understand the, um, the, the, the questioning that, that the people are having, sort of saying, you know, like, I've got a big venue, why can I only allow the, the same 10? And, you know, I've got to be honest, I'm not a, you know, virologist, I don't, I'm not a health care um, practitioner, I don't know what it is. And I think, look, for, for me, if I was a business owner, I would be asking exactly the same sort of questions, but I think the key is to ask I think the key in the situation is to say I don't understand why than to say it's wrong that um, because we don't know what the advice is and you know to some extent it's a really really fluid changing situation and we don't and we, we, we still don't really understand the virus and um, different jurisdictions are taking different levels of um, you know safety Caution. to it um, again like just even today or yesterday there was a, a young minor 30 year old um, out in central Queensland um, that had had no other cases um, and he died from uh, the, the virus. Um, and they're not sure how he got that. They're not sure how he got it. Which and is a bit scary. Which is which is the concern. And you, you've also got stories of people that were on the cruise ship two, two and a half months ago who now have it and they're not sure how that trend... And, and that's the thing about this virus is that there is so much that we still don't understand um, about it that you know I, I know that a lot of people are hurting and you don't want to minimize that and you don't you know you want businesses to be able to reopen but at the same time you know I'm I, I'm going to cut governments a little bit of slack um, when I, I genuinely think that they are trying their very best at the moment you know you, you could sort of say something different about what's going on in the UK with advisors oh, completely breaking Sorry, the rules. Sorry, guys. Um, Sorry you had to listen to all of that. <laughs> and coming up with their own <laughs> justification. I mean, what, what, what do you think, Pete? Because uh, Victoria has a different approach to Queensland. Uh, well, it's probably fairly similar in that it's probably a, a little bit harsher um, for longer than some of the other states. But I think, I was speaking to some good beer people yesterday, and I don't know if it's the same up there. Uh, venues can open now, but if you're a, a licensed venue, you've got to be serving food. Mm-hmm. Is that the same situation? I believe so. Um, you can't just go into a bar and have a drink. You'd have to have it with food. Which again, I don't understand it. You know, like it, it, Does that I, make I, a I don't understand. I, I don't think that has anything to do with the virus spread. 
but I think it's one of those things that has something to do with the intent and the approach um, oh, that you're making. Oh, I see so, what you mean. Like yeah. if you go out drinking and get a little bit merry, you're much more likely to break social distancing. Do you mean like that? Well, well just that sort of, yeah. you know, the, 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 there are still some guidelines on it um, just to set, um, you know, standards or just to, to get people thinking a, a certain way. If you just sort of make it a free-for-all, you know, people will make it a free-for-all. And let, let's face it, people always, you know, if there's a line, um, <laughs> if they're going to stop, it's, it's often, you know, a step or two past the line. Um, so you set the line a little bit early, <laughs> a little bit before you want people to stop. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's, it, uh, it, it, I'm going to be a crusty old man at this point and say, Matt, <laughs> you know, it's, it's Darwin's theory. Remember, you know, when we were younger, <laughs> we used to ride our bikes without helmets. We used to play with knives. <laughs> we had guns. All that and you know what happened? Some of the dumb kids died. Mate, you I were playing that, with guns, Pete. But the thing is that if you fall off oh, your yeah. bike and you're not wearing a helmet, I don't catch your brain injury. Uh, that's the only, that's the, the only difference. Like responsibility to others type yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like I, I, I understand, um, I, you know, again, you know, w- with your analogy, I understand if you are guaranteed to die from your stupidity and so there was no ongoing community cost to your stupidity, then... Fair enough, yeah. You know, Pete, I will actually <laughs> give you the bike and uh, hold your helmet. I've been jumping back on Twitter this week and I've discovered Uh-oh. there's a whole lot of different forms of stupid out there, so... Oh, um, avoid it. People are, people are certainly trying. Um, <laughs> and, and look... The other thing too is obviously I, I don't know which, uh, you know, shiny bottom desk jockey public servants are going to, um, I guess, police or regulate the regulations. Um, and I use an example, think of an example, Carwin Sellers, who um, have a great relationship and I think uh, Fixation does as well. They've decided in the area that they're in, they're not going to do, food, they're not going to put in a kitchen um, to take away uh, business from the local eateries, but they encourage the local eateries to like if we ring up and order a pizza, can you know can somebody bring it down, or can yep. people bring the you know people yeah. can bring their own food in? So does that count as uh, you're serving food? Um, so as I say, there's there's, there's layers to the, to the legislation, oh. and I don't I don't know how cleverly people are going to be able to interpret it. Um, but this is, the, and, and, and this is the thing, and you know, it's also the thing about the Boris Johnson um, coming into the situation is that people are always going. You know, you can never um, completely legislate against bad intent um, because people are always going to try and find a loophole or a way around it, and that's why we are so constricted with red tape because you need to think of every possible contingency, and that in turn creates all sorts of uncertainty. Just adhere to the spirit of the rule. And, yeah, like, like if, if I was the lawmaker, if you had the pizza delivered from the, the pizza shop up the road and you're sitting there eating, that's good enough for me. But, yeah, because that, to me, is the spirit of the law. Unfortunately, if you try and enforce the spirit of the law, and I just made bunny ears with my fingers, um, <laughs> you just can't win. Like, that, that's the thing, because courts can't enforce the spirit of the law because then you have to define the spirit of the law. Mm-hmm. Well, it's up to like police discretion about whether they do or not and that's what how they think of it yep. as well, I'd assume. Like, I don't know if you saw in the news, Pete, um, that when the Northern Territory opened up, uh, a bar up there got a massive fine because they were literally letting people break social distancing rules and I th- feel like if that hadn't been uh, that tacit agreement that that was okay by the bar, then maybe the police wouldn't have come down so hard on them. What do you think? Yeah, I didn't see the story. Yeah. You're not seeing so, it. No, I'll, I'll send it to you. I, mean, I, I just think it's amazing because if you go to the shopping centre, you can't. You just, you know, they, oh, they put God, as many yeah. crosses on the floor as they want. <laughs> Nobody's paying um, attention to that. And, and, but again, like putting those crosses there, they don't do anything practical in in, in the sense. Mm-hmm. But it's a constant reminder, and it's one of those things is constantly reminding us of the situation. Yeah, it's like a it's psychological it's a visual thing. prompt. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. a visual prompt, and I think having to eat at, at the bar you know, and, and those sorts of things is, is a way of, um, you know, limiting the, the, the time that you spend there. So I'm, I'm catching up with somebody this afternoon and we had to book, um, you know, and it's a two-hour window. And if, mm-hmm. if, if it's involved in a, in a meal, then you're not just going to settle in and have a six-hour session. Um, yeah. You know, I, I presume that is part of it. But, you know, like, again, you know, it, 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 even Peter bridled a little bit when you sort of talked about the shiny-bottomed, um, you know, pen pusher, because, you know, it's, it's very easy to have a crack at bureaucrats at the best of times. But in a situation like this, you know, I, I really think that people are doing the very, very best that they can 
in, dare I say it, an unprecedented situation. People, you know, are making it up as they go along because they have to. Um, you know, there, there have been drills and it's a, it's a really, really hard one. And I know there is anguish out there for bar owners and business owners and, you know, I'm one of those myself and I'm, I'm very lucky in the sense that I don't have the same sort of um, business that requires people to come in. So I completely understand the pain that they're feeling um, and it's magnified from anything that I'm having. But we, we I, you know, I, th- th- this is one of those times when I'm going to put my cynicism aside and, you know, my distrust in government and say that, look, you know, people are really, really trying to do the best that they can in a way that does protect all of us. Um, and if you look at it from a health point of view, you'll take a different position than if you look at it from a business point of view. But they're trying to meld all of those competing interests in the way that is, is best for all of us. So, you know, like it's just, yeah, I'm willing to cut people a bit of slack this time. Someone else who we're willing to cut a little bit of slack as we get into the news is the ABC, who, <laughs> um, who, who did two things. They made a correction. But they did it like this. They did it at the side of their hand. <laughs> so that nobody would hear the correction. Um, our Facebook group picked up on this. And thanks to, I think, Daniel Ribb yep. uh, was the one who okay. brought it to our attention. That, uh, yeah, they'd, ABC had drunk the Kool-Aid that Fair were pouring and um, had believed the, <laughs> the flawed research. <laughs> well, no. Funnily enough, they believe they still believe the flawed research, but they misreported the flawed, flawed research, which was the problem. So, um, the, the correction says the news channel ticker RN Drive and News Radio reported on a survey conducted by the foundation. Uh, sorry, found anecdote re- uh, research ends <laughs> showing that one in five people are saying their households are buying more alcohol, and of these, seventy percent are saying they are drinking more. The reports incorrectly suggested that 70% of all people surveyed saying they were drinking more. So, yeah, so that meant it's still not entirely sure what they were saying. So, 70% of the people that responded to the highly limited fare. Um, and and just, just ask yourself, you know, you, you've got these people that responded to fare, to a fair survey, that are pretty vitriolic anti-alcohol people. And they're saying that they're consuming more alcohol. I'm amazed that, you know, so... Did they just send it to, like, an, their own email database of... These are people... Prohibition. We survey We surveyed our own echo chamber and <laughs> our responses. Well, Do you still hate alcohol? Okay, yeah. we had a I'd have to look yes. into that. So anyway, but th- then again, and, and we'll sort of come to it this week, um, the uh, Alcohol Beverages Australia released their own report that I'll put into the show notes um, because it's, you know... Um, a chicken little thing, the sky's falling, alcohol sales have plummeted um, and, it, you know, they are, you've got fair on one hand saying everybody is wandering around as drunken, uh, you know, violent, um, you know, crazy people at home but then you've got the alcohol industry, you know, with its pockets, with the Alcohol Beverages Australia, with its pockets turned out, um, going, we've got no money, we're not selling anything and using, you know, some highly selective anecdotes um, a- a- as well. So you've just got, you know, the, 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 these two competing, um, you know, sides, both lobbying, you know, at the extreme end of, of their positions because they have to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, our next story follows on, uh, it's a regular series that we do, which is the comments are often far more interesting than the story itself. Um, we have the winners <laughs> revealed for the AIBA 2020 Isolation Edition. So the AIBA, and I look, I, I'm going to cut them a bit of slack. I think it was perhaps a, a good idea that uh, came about a little bit too late in the piece. Um, and so they tried to do a, a virtual AIBA uh, awards Um but speaking to a, quite a few people in the in the business, um, they either missed the email or didn't realise that you only had, I think, a couple of days after the email landed to vote. Um, so I think a, a total of 150 votes came in. Am I right? Mate, oh, look, I, 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 I don't know what the voting was. And uh, you know, again, really nice idea. Um, you know, everyone and everyone's struggling and you know, making it up as they go along. Um, and you know, I, I get the feeling again, it's new to a lot of people. You know, the, the AIBA is, is a well worn groove where they have a procedure down for the for the live event doing it this way um and, and i believe there are a few new staff um has there been a bit of a change in staff over the last 12 months pete uh there was a complete change of staff 24 months ago okay. i don't know i haven't uh, because we um uh, obviously without aiba's 
um, the judging and then the awards and without any, you know, pre-meetings for um, uh, the Royal Melbourne show, uh, I don't know how the staff has changed. I know the, there's a change at the top. So Brad Jenkins, um, who was looking after all the marketing side of things, has taken over from Paul Guerra as the CEO of the RESV, but I don't know about the, the rest of the staff. Yeah, and look, we got an invitation to the event, um, you know, sort of saying there is going to be this thing. We'll send you a link to how to to, to to join it, and then buried down at the because it looked like an invitation. I thought, oh well, you know, mark the date, but I didn't note the. And it was as we got closer, I realised that there was going to be there was some awards. So I went back and read it, and so there was a vote, and so we then started trying to chase. Um, the RACV and the organisers going, look, do you want us to push this out and encourage people to vote? What's What are people meant to be doing? Because the communication wasn't very clear. Um, and, you know, so, again, you know, cut them a little bit of slack for, for why, but I can see how it happened. Um, and, you know, because we weren't quite sure. Um, but the one thing that does come out of it for me, Pete, is, um, you know, I, I don't know if you picked it up as the event went on, um, but it was... <laughs> The, Andrew from Four Pines, who was accepting a lot of awards on the night, um, <laughs> se- seemed to get a little more and more embarrassed as, as the night went on. Um, and, you know, again, Four Pines makes very good beer. They've made some amazing beers over the years. Um, but it's also a brand that, you know, they, they like to promote themselves as, you know, pretty light and easy and not really caring about, you know, what people think of them and just doing their own stuff. Um, but there was obviously a lot of interest in... Voting for the awards, um, <laughs> you know. So when when anyone tries to tell you, look, we don't care about awards, yeah, some people do. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, it was it was a lot of fun, and I just uh, um, for all involved, well done on pulling it together at such short notice. Um, so I, I think it was a great concept, but yeah, like you say, for those of us who have been involved with the um, AIBAs for a while, it's very difficult to pivot from something that is such. Uh, um, uh, it, the way it works is what makes it so special. And so mm. to to try to compromise that and turn it into something, um, you know, online in an hour um, probably didn't didn't do it justice. But, yeah, look, um, it's, it's tough. Yeah, and, and, and then uh, you've got the technical issues and, 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 and things like that that sort of interrupt the flow. And, you know, sort of, um, you know, gave it a, a sort of added to, to, to the spectacle. But, you know, yeah, yeah it, it yeah. was... Um, no one's done this before. We have to keep telling ourselves. That's right. This is the first time we've been and, and just to clarify for our listeners, if you wish to have, if your car breaks down and you wish to have it repaired um, or started again, that's the uh, RACV. Um, oh, okay. Matt meant the RASV. RASV. Which is the uh, okay. Society of Victoria. <laughs> not not the, uh, the Victorian version of the NRMA. Or the what do you guys R-A-C-Q. have up there? RACQ. RACQ. Yeah. yeah. What boat? What charter boat? Uh, anyway. <laughs> Lion Partners. Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Inevitable. This is aimed straight square at you. Lion (laughs) Partners with US Seltzer brand White Claw. Lion Australia announced it has entered a partnership with Mark Anthony Brands International, the makers of White Claw Hard Seltzer, North America's most successful new alcohol brand in a generation, to import, market and exclusively distribute the beverage in Australia. Wow, it's happened. (laughs) I mean, I think it... um, I'm trying to remember which one of our regular correspondents said that there'll obviously be a lot of discussion about it. What what is there still to discuss? You know, we've talked about. Well, here's the thing: Uh, they can import market and exclusively distribute Mm -hmm. the beverage. So they're importing it as well. I suspect they'll make it. It's neutral. It's It's neutral alcohol with a bit of flavouring. Why would you import that? Why wouldn't you? It's the brand It's the brand license. Even I'm sure that they will. I'm pretty sure they will um, make it under license. Uh Um, But someone said, didn't they, that they were like, "Why are they bothering to bring a like American brand over here when we've got everyone?" Because White Claw is well known. Exactly. Even on ours, people have tried it already. um, Yeah. And yeah, so it's going to be huge. Um, is this going to help uh, a brand like Lion who already has Quincy as a, or like presumably they're going to say, okay, we're we're happy if it knocks. Um, what was the Carlton Carlton Natural? No, what was the? Oh, bugger! The, the, the CUB version of a of a hard seltzer that came out recently. It begins with A, I think. That's not helpful. Active. Is it? No. Um, or natural. No, it won't be. Oh, it won't yeah. have the word natural in it. <laughs> so it won't have active in whatever it. Whatever it was, it was memorable <laughs> apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! And it was plastered all over the yeah. packaging. But, I can't remember. But I thought, no, no. Oh, anyway, yeah. I'm going to give. Based it. on that, if if the fact that that White Claw has that market um, 
uh, recognition, brand recognition, yeah. that it's going to, it's not going to help any existing brands of hard seltzer, of which I think actual, you know, seems to be the most popular. It. There you go. Sorry. Sorry, Remember the first letter. <laughs> actual, I remember yeah. the first letter, you cheeky booger. Um, yeah, and I think it's an interesting one. But like we were saying, the amount of comments on the bottom of saying, oh, I can't wait for this. It's going to be amazing. Oh, let's get a whole pack in. What was Ugh. funny was um, when it was like there was a – our publishing of the media release was published on Beer Thread, you know, one of the, the, the Facebook groups. Um, and, you know, there was much, you know, um, you know, dismissing of it. You know, you know, I don't even know why mm-hmm. this is a disgusting beer, you know, why it's in the beer category, you know, and th- there's actually a seltzer thread um, on oh Facebook. God. I'm not sure whether they set it up. But, you know, it, <laughs> so on one hand, you're sort of going, you, you've got these guys who are very serious about beer going, oh, you know, this is just ethanol flavoured with fruit juice. Um, you know, I don't know why anyone's excited about it. And yet the amount of excitement I've seen about One Drop Brewing's Double Vanilla Custard Pancake Nitro Imperial Thick Shake IPA. And you're going... <laughs> I, I, look, Can a shark jump the shark? <laughs> I don't, I don't. There's an infinite, uh, infinite amount of shark jumps, I think. The, you can just keep going. If we're going I think the shark to, just disappeared up its own ass. Yeah, look, <laughs> if we're going to celebrate the trivialisation of something and, you know create categories that are cartoonish versions of cartoon um, you know versions of things then you know, I, I don't think we've got any right to sneer um, you know about you know, if you love seltzers um, go for it mm-hmm. enjoy it that's ultimately why we drink the the only thing that I say about it though is you know the comments that we had on uh, the, the Facebook page were basically all, you know, it wasn't, gee, this is a noble and uplifting beverage that sort of celebrates the art and artistry of the person who makes it. It was, <laughs> oh, man, we're going to get so <laughs> trashed <Rested>. this summer. <laughs> and, you go, okay, and, you go, and, and that's, you know, that's my problem um, with, with all of these things. None of it is about the celebration of the technique um, or style, the way that, you know, what I call the noble drinks are, you know, um, you can celebrate the making of wine um, for for so many reasons, but nobody's going to go until it goes into a four liter goon bag. Until it goes off. Well, a there you cooler, go. Yeah, um, all those sorts of things. Um, so, and, and that's my only problem with it is that it it does, you know, play into the perception that alcohol is just for the worst elements um, rather than the, the best. Um, well, to that point, Matt. Um, you can you can't use the, the 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 terms healthy alcohol on your product, but apparently you can <laughs> use it in well, the media release used to promote said product. And, and, and again, like and the, then get published in the it, AFR. It's funny that it was that we talked about this last week. You know about media releases, mm. that you, things, mm. claims you can't make on your advertising, but you can put in your media release that get picked up by the you know, and even the yeah. AFR was. You know, embarrassed enough to put the healthy in inverted commas. Um, <laughs> not embarrassed enough not to use it. Though. Not embarrassed. <laughs> and, and, well, not responsible enough or not mature enough. But then again, that's part of the story that yeah. these things are being marketed, and this is why um, the you know fair gets so upset. And you know, actually, they've started a podcast this week yep. that we're going to have to listen to, where they're sort of talking about the avalanche of marketing being, you know, of alcohol <laughs> being pushed into your yeah. lives. Um, you and know. some advice on how to not drink while in quarantine and things oh, like that. Oh, to them, yeah. That's and, what and Daniel that's said. great stuff. Yeah. But, you know, anyway, so, but yeah, the healthy <laughs> alcohol, the, the, the more businesses play this dog whistle of it's healthy alcohol mm-hmm. um, when it's not, is playing into the foundation of alcohol researchers and education um, hands. Mm-hmm. Um but then the other thing is, it's you know, low carb all over, you know, over again. Um, it basically, we're seeing Lion throw their hands up in the air, having had that really sort of disjointed and average marketing exercise that was Beer the Beautiful Truth, where they tried to resurrect the idea that beer isn't bad for you, um, that they'd essentially. A, a field that they had ploughed and fertilised and planted um, with their low-carb campaigns telling you that beer will make you fat and pandering to people's stereotypes. 
now suddenly they're saying, you know, they've got this whole other category that they're going, well, we'll tell you that, you know, this is healthy alcohol, which by implication, everything else you're drinking isn't, which again, just is a retrograde step for beer. Um, if you're drinking alcohol, you're not drinking a health beverage. Fair enough. Um, ah, and next door. Ah, well done, Pete. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but I'm done. <laughs> nighttime industry urges flexibility. The Nighttime Industries Association has delivered a reopening principles plan to state governments, urging them to implement a more nuanced approach to venue openings. This was an interesting one. Yeah, I thought it was and a I, good and one. And I guess it yeah. plays into what we were talking about earlier on about uh, balancing the public interest with uh, keeping the economy from grinding to a halt. Yeah, exactly. And from what I understand of it, they've done um, this sort of big like consultation thing and ha- a little bit of it is about what the government should or what they'd like the government to do, the state governments to do in terms of um, a principles rather than a prescriptive approach. So instead of just saying, right, blanket, this is how you're allowed to open and this is like potentially when, they're like, well, if we um, complete all these principles then hopefully you'll you'll think right well we're doing well so let's let's be a little bit less let's be more flexible in how we let you open as opposed to this is the date this is going to happen whether you like it or not type thing um which i thought was really nice um campaign a really important one to the industry and it covers so much i think that's the problem that the nighttime industry association has is that they have everyone from like a 10-person tiny little bar all the way up to a massive hotel chain. That is what they encompass in their um, membership. So it can be really difficult to come up with something like this um, and (laughs) be nuanced about it when you kind of need to do a little bit more of a blanket approach, if you see what I mean. Uh, Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, again, um, I I think that's spot on. And, you know, the the Nighttime Industries Association has just been so impressive during this, you know, dare I say, the, the, the sober way that they've approached this um, and the mature way that they have gone out and, you know, th- th- they've, they've contacted us multiple times to help us get, ask us to help get the surveys out to, you know, brew pubs and all of the people that are involved in the nighttime mm-hmm. industries so they can really understand the needs of their members and, the, 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 you know, they haven't limited it to their members. They've looked at the entire community that forms the nighttime industry um, and uh, and even the way that they're putting it out to government, it's not a strident, um, extreme approach. Mm-hmm. They're really putting the facts out there and giving the government really good information. So, you know, like going back to, to my points I said before, is that, you know, I'm willing to cut government some slack um, that they're not going to get it perfect, but it's things like what the NTIA is doing that is really giving uh, a, 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 a comprehensive set of... Um, you know, needs for the industry that when they consider all of those other things, they can sort of really see um, what it is. And, you know, like full marks to, to the NTIA for what they've done. Yeah, and I think to it, um, from uh, some, uh, something that I, that I considered is that uh, let's say, you, you know, you're allowed a, you're going to get a thousand people through your shop during a day and you're open for 10 hours. Um, if you can then all of a sudden open for 15 hours or 20 hours, you're going to spread that thousand people or whoever is going to come along over a, a, a longer you know like mm-hmm. you, you'll end up with more space and so yeah. therefore i think we're looking at the the public health interest um and also people's willingness to come back to venues i think is going to be based on how how busy they look at the time mm-hmm. um, and how comfortable so I think any, they feel. anything we can yeah. in, do to encourage um i guess more opportunity for people to come out over a longer period of time and therefore you know spread the risk if you like or or dilute the risk I think is a good thing. Um, I've spoken about this to a lot of beer people. Do you guys think that it, it's all well and good? Okay, there's two elements to it. One is, yes, we're allowed to, uh, you know, re- restrictions are, are, are eased and you're allowed to open again. Are people, though, going to, great, I'm going to rush out to the pub. Um, and uh, as I say, a lot of them, you've got a book. Um, Matt, you found that with, with your uh, yeah, outing this afternoon. Okay, if, you, if, you, if you turned up, though, and there's, you know, for you, there doesn't seem to be social distancing take place. Are, are you going to say, okay, well, I'll take the punt. I don't, you know, that, that's fine. I'll, I'll inherit the risk. Or are you going to say, ah, oh, we'll come back later? Like, do, do you think the, the public confidence is going to um, match the, you know, the easing of restrictions? 
Ooh, that's I, a hard I, I'll, one. I'll report back after because it, it'll be my first visit to a pub this afternoon. Yeah. Um, heading down to Brewski to um, have, have, a, have a beer. Um, and, and I'll let you know once I get there, Pete. Um, well, Brewski's an interesting one for people who haven't been there because you've got lots of different areas, haven't you? Oh, like, like sections over, of it. Over a couple of different levels. So yeah, is that do, a little yeah. bit different to, say, one big yeah. open area if they're limited where everyone in, might in congregate? they can have, they may not, you know, for, for yeah. the number of staff that they need, they probably don't want to clean and service. You know, if, if they're allowed 30 people in the area, no matter how much they've got. Yeah. They may not open two of the bars because then there's extra staff that they need to clean it for a, a very small turnover. I, I don't know. I, I can't speak for them, but I'll uh, you know, I'll report back and and see how it goes because I I, I don't know. And you know, th- there's that part of my reptilian brain that you know look looks at the calculations. You know, I'm not looking at it li- as a virologist. Um, uh, I was going to say entomologist, but they look at insects, not. Um, Epidemiologist. Epidemiologist, yes. <laughs> um, you know, I won't be looking at it from that. I'll be sort of thinking, well, you know, we haven't had any transmission, um, in public transmission in this area. And I'll, you know, I'll sort of be thinking it from that um, risk or reward thing. Um, but I will be taking some of my fine um, CUB hand sanitizer. <laughs> um, that smells like straight vodka. It smells like straight <laughs> vodka. Um, and, it's vicious. Uh, and see, I, got, I got the Wolf of the Willows uh, patient wolf. Co- uh, collab hand sanitizer, which is uh, gin flavored. Oh, does it smell like gin? I bought that for Mrs. Pilsner. <laughs> Deliciously. <laughs> to, um, oh. to, uh, to, to steal from uh, one of our correspondents, it, it, it sounds like we're being uh, connoisseurs of sanitizer, Pete. <laughs> what, would, yeah. what would you call somebody who is knowledgeable in, the, uh, in all <gasps> types of uh, sanitizer, Pete? Yes, a glycerone. <laughs> a glycer- is that true? No. Oh. <laughs> No, Wade Curtis. It's, an, uh, it's yet an, yet another phrase that's that's been coined during the um, <laughs> these unprecedented times. Oh. A, a, a bon mot, but yes. So, uh, but that, that was very worthy of um, letter of the week. I hope you did send him a hat. Yeah, uh, no, we, we, we'll be sending because I wasn't sure whether someone who works for a brewery needs more beer swag, but uh, we'll certainly send something from our prize locker. Done. Uh, now, uh, speaking of puns and uh, yeah, good use of, of wordplay. <laughs> Rolled up, not stirred. <laughs> Bankers pitch mega move drinks industry play. This was an interesting one. The perfect cocktail ingredients are laid out on the drinks industry bar, waiting for a cashed up private equity firm to grab a stool and place an order. Bankers reckon all the pieces are in place for a cashed up private equity type to create an integrated drinks business. Um, mm, this was an interesting one. Yeah, it was in the AFR yesterday and, uh, you know, it's... It, um... Does this smack of like picking over the bones of the carcass of you know those who don't make it, or or is this we created a new industry opportunity Honestly, for, for somebody who's still got some cash after COVID? Having looked at some of the AFR and the Australian who are two of the more serious business, you know, and and, and having, you know, it's always interesting when the media, the the broad media, covers on and covers an industry that you know intimately, and you just realise how much they're trading in the same gossip that we trade in, um, <laughs> you know, on, on a much bigger level. So w- w- when you peel behind this layer, um, but behind it, um, as bankers search for high and low for ways to keep money coming through the door, street talk, and straight away you know that this is a gossip column that they've tried to make um, a little bit more. Oh, I see. So street I didn't talk see talk understands one. one idea pitched to a cashed up PE shops is the creation of a new drinks industry player. Um, so it's come to their... Uh, you know, I, God, over the last four or five years, Pete, I've probably had conversations with four or five, um, you know, consulting companies, you know, just sort of, uh, you know, wanting some in, in information about how the industry looks and feelings about it and, and, and that sort of thing. And this is just a gossip column, um, basically, where there is somebody in the background pitching to private equity firms um you know, lend us some money because we can see that there is this business opportunity. And, you know, we, we, we saw Founders First um, launch last year um, and go IPO um, towards the end of last year. And this sounds like it's just a very, very big play um, for that. But again, so so the so l- l- let's separate the fact that this is the AFR reporting on it. Again, bunny ears around reporting. Um, they're just sharing a little bit of gossip that they've picked up. 
but the interesting but presumably there's a there's a kernel of truth isn't well, there well the, in the every interesting thing is mm. that yes um, that there are well we, we don't know if anything will come of it but there are a lot of businesses out there looking for speculative opportunities where if, if you know if they see an opportunity to get private equity people to to back it um and you know you've got a couple of cider brands you've got two you know well known but not high volume imported alcohol brands and then they also say that um uh it comes so this is uh, they're on the market as a result of um asahi cub having yeah. to divest so, so i think it's bex and so stella bex and stella yep bex and stella and then, then there's a couple the, of the cider brands cup, yeah yeah um now so the opportunity is there for some a cashed up firm to come in and, and grab those as well as perhaps some uh, craft brands and create a this a, just like sounds a portfolio like of pub well, talk to me. There's a, you know, offshore wine outfits um, are reviewing their portfolios, so there may be some wine brands that they can pick up. And they also say small money craft brewers uh, beaten up by COVID nineteen. Um, you know, there's a bunch of mainstream beer cider brands as the on, on the block. Um, so you know, obviously they're thinking that they can. The, the 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 story that they're pitching is that there are going to be these brands and we can put together a beer wine you know a, a, a craft beer mainstream import wine cider business um, that'll compete and you know this sounds ridiculous to me as with everything I preface everything you know ideas are nothing executions everything mm-hmm. and you can't say that it, it couldn't happen but. You know, again, I'm just minded. You've got two gorillas that are duking it out. Um, you know, you've got CCA um, that is very much the. Oh, you've got Coopers that has a couple of international. They've got Sapporo and Carlsberg, um, and you know, five uh, percent of the market. And then you've got CCA that's uh, you know, trades in you know, soft drink and coffee and. Um, you know, a, a couple of beers, um, but is, is is kind of like the fourth player, um, and I, I've heard that CCA is very interested in buying the um, the the two beer brands, maybe the cider brands, which would give them a boost. And you know, if anybody came into the market picking up the this loose configuration of um, brands, table they, scraps, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're going to be the chicken caught in the trap. No. Um, and my, from my experience of private equity firms from the UK, I don't know, I assume that they're quite similar here, is that they might look like they can flash the cash initially, but they are quite risk adverse. They want to be in an industry that they know is going to grow, that isn't going to have any massive bumps in the road because they're only going to be in it for three to four years. There's not that many firms that stick it out long term. So they want to know that in the next two or three years, that's going to be fine. It's going to take at least a year or two to get to collect all those brands together and get them working together. And then after that, who knows what's going to happen in terms of if coronavirus comes back or if something else happens like that. It's just not, I just, I'm, I'm a sceptical of this one, mm. is what I'm saying. And, and I don't mm. know, yeah, that, that whilst Australia is one of the most profitable beer markets in the world for the producers because it's, of its high concentration, I'm just minded um, of an interview I did with Bernie Powers uh, 20 years ago talking about when he set up Powers Brewery, which is still the most successful brewery launch um, in, in over a century. And he quickly went to 10% of the Queensland beer market and he said, look, you know, I'll, I'll, ne- I'll never say that there was any collusion. I'll, ne- you know, I'll never say anything. Um, <laughs> but it is. just seemed that every but other week... But off the record. Yeah, well, no, it, 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 Too late now. Statute just, of limitations <laughs> is over. <laughs> it just felt that every other week I was competing against the CUB brands dis- being discounted or the Lion brands being discounted. Um, you know, if, if I'm remembering that quote correctly, yeah, he, he just sort of found that every week he was... Um, yeah, you know, he was competing on price every week, whereas alternate weeks, um, you know, the others the were... The greatest series yeah. of patent coincidences in the history <laughs> of patent coincidences. And that's the thing, that the big guys have deep pockets and they yeah. would... Yeah, so anyway, uh, but I just thought that was an interesting that, um, you know, every uh, every crisis provides an opportunity and people are obviously uh, sort of looking around and uh, it'd be interesting, you know, what craft breweries would be being mentioned in, in that... Um, no. Oh, and then we could have the independence conversation again. Do they count as independent if they're owned by a big PE firm? With loads of money behind it? Yeah, well, because there's a definition. So long as they're making under a certain amount, 
Yeah, um, fair play. So there we go. We have to yeah, look into the heart of the uh, of the investor. Um, now, there is one. brings us to the mailbag. Now, don't forget, you can review us on iTunes or you can send us in an email to be in the draw for the letter of the week. Um, you can also join our Facebook group, which, as we've seen this week, has been a wealth of um, knowledge, uh, some tips and um, rumours and that sort of thing, uh, as well as really good spirited conversation on uh, a lot of the topics that we've um, that we've had. I don't know. I can't remember. Just going back through, we didn't. We haven't had an ABAC one this week, have we? So we mm-hmm. haven't had a chance to speak about labels, yeah. which doesn't give us the opportunity to segue into brewers. Well, if well, you're no, still applying it... self adhesive labels <laughs> to your bottles and cans, <laughs> I, 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 I believe say, this Pete, is a sustainable. If you were going to create your own hand sanitizer brand called Glycerone. <laughs> Just for a short run, can you think of how you would sort of manage to get that genius idea onto your, you know, pivot hand sanitizer in a, in a timely manner? Ding! I've just had a brainwave, Matt. I would call Rallings label <laughs> stickers and packaging and discuss my options with them. The team at Rallings will walk me through the various options available to me that are more sustainable than applying self-adhesive labels, which don't help the environment at all. Um, whilst they do produce self-adhesive labels for many breweries that don't help the environment at all, there is a much better way to ensure that your carbon footprint is lower than what you thought you were currently doing by utilising pre-sleeved cans. And Matt, I would call 1300 852 235 to find out more. What's that number again, Pete? 1300 852 235 to find out more. Seamless. I'm going to do it next one. If you want to slip one in, Claire, you just go right ahead. Oh, thanks. Feel free. Will do. Um, and we also do thank our very good friends at Beer Cartel, who I hope um, it'd be good to touch base with them, actually, Matt, and, and see how things are going sort of as we come out of the, the COVID haze um, and into the new normal. Um, is that a lactose haze or is it a... <laughs> no, it would be a genuine haze. It would be a John Selton brewed haze, which would just be just pure and genuine and honest and clean uh, and no lactose or any flour or bio... Other shit. <laughs> Just keep bio cloud or anything else. Um, all letter writers will receive a something from Matt in the mail um, and go in the draw to win a mixed six pack thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel who sponsor our letter of the week. We uh, we touched on one, Wade Curtis. Uh, honestly, it, it, that was a challenge, I think, for uh, a challenger for, for fair um, as as uh, and and so so far we've got we've got Aaron Gladke with um, uh, defended or the big guys will end it. We've had um, fair, fair uh, anecdote research ends. Acro- acronym. Mm-hmm. Yep, and this week, yeah, uh, is a connoisseur of of sanitizer, a glycerone from Wade Curtis. So thanks for that. Uh, and then finish off with this one. On a, let's finish off on a positive note. Uh, Luke Phillips on the Facebook group and Matt, well done. A, absolutely cracking chat um, with the guys uh, at Moffat Beach. It, Jazz and Matt. That had been one that I'd been saving, as you know, Pete, you know, hoping that one trip when you were up here that we could just sort of jump in the car and head up and uh, sort of do it um, mm. with both of us there. And it, it had just been not happening and not happening. So the first chance I got to get out, um, I, I went up and did it and it was a cracking chat. I really wish that uh, you'd be there. I think it would have been like a, a, a mm-hmm. two or three parter, but... Um, <laughs> It, 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 well, it look, I'm, I'm happy to fly to the as close as I can get to the border. There must be a, like a light aircraft field at Ballina or no, <laughs> closer to the – and then what I'll do is I'll sneak across the Tweed when when um, Anastasia's not looking. I've got and, visions of Pete riding a motorcycle and jumping the barbed wire fence. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, <laughs> I was thinking uh, anyway, about James Bond. Luke said, what an awesome conversation with two absolute legends slash larrikins of the craft beer industry. Mm-hmm. I've known these guys since the early days of Blackwater Trading Co. and can't speak highly enough of their achievements. This is a must listen as you won't hear a more honest and frank conversion uh, conversation on Radio Brews News. I think it's pronounced Matt and Shaz, not honest and frank. Um, but well done, <laughs> Matt, a, a cracking chat with two just great people. They are. They are. And it, look, having seen the... You know, the, the, the tiny little Blackwater Trading Code that is a beachside milk bar, you know, cafe um, that they've turned into a small, small brewery um, and seeing the new space that they've signed and you can see it in the um, photo, you know, just sort of stretches back. It's so exciting for them. I'm really, really pleased and uh, can't wait to see what they do as they, uh, as they grow and expand. Yeah. 
yeah, What's a larrikin? I did make a, you know, a tongue-in-cheek comment about honest and frank. But mm. if you go back to – it was in <laughs> – was it no? It wasn't Sydney. It must have been Adelaide. Um, where no? Where was it? Uh, where Matt and Chaz uh, picked up the champion small. That would have been Sydney, I think. Brewery. Oh, don't don't reckon. They also it? won at the Royal Queensland show as well. And then last year at the at the um, the Royal Queensland yeah. Beer Awards, and yeah. not shock and surprise, but just the genuine. Shock and surprise that that both Matt and Chaz had at, at being you know I, I think sometimes it we we talk about you know store blindness and sometimes you you don't spot your own faults I think sometimes you know you're so involved in your own beer you don't realise how good it is um, and I think that's the case with with Matt and Chaz that they just Matt just makes some really cracking beers that and are I, I that, had that his are worthy of praise yeah it's just beautiful but it, it, it's funny that you say that because there was something that Matt said you know um, it was actually Sharon that they'd been pouring you know four pines beers they'd had Holgate's beers on as they turned this little cafe into a um a, a beer destination so, yeah, a, 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 well it's, it only had four taps so it wasn't really a destination but they were the only ones who were pouring craft beer there and at the same time matt had been to a you know dan rawlings who was i think the holgate rep at that stage um was encouraging you know matt and got him down to see paul holgate do a brew in the bag demonstration as part of brews vegas and you know that got matt into to home brewing and then you know as he morphed it got to the stage where um shaz just said matt your beers are as good as anything that we're we're pouring why don't you put in a brewery and <laughs> you know which was awesome. But then there was also, you know, so you, you've got that classic home brewers situation where your mates are going, oh, mate, these beers are awesome, you know, because you, they're, they're tasting them through the filter of love and respect. <laughs> yeah, but it's Shaz, though, isn't it? I've only met her once or nonsense. twice, but she wouldn't she wouldn't lie to him, I don't but think. But the first time he entered his beer... <laughs> also, anyone, who, anyone who's met Shaz, don't you do as you're told. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but the Open first time okay. he entered his beers in the awards... Um, they got nothing, and you know the um, d- d- they all had the same fault. And you know I've spoken to a lot of brewers who have just you know because they've heard so often you know they've seen the Facebook groups go your beers are awesome your beers are awesome suddenly they've got judges saying you've got this fault and they go well what the fuck do they know? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah and you crack the shits and you throw your bicycle into the bushes. I'm not entering those awards again. <laughs> what go, do those no, yeah, industry leading the taste right, experts know about you know brewing beer? <laughs> Um, but you know, Matt went the other way and he just sort of said, okay, so how do take I take it on board? Yeah, take it on board. So, okay, well, I've got this fault. What do I need do to I do? Fix it? And as he said, you know, he was just sort of pump pushing the, um, the, the, the wort through an unpurged line and so oxygenating it so it could, um, uh, you know, so, so his beers were oxidized. Um, and he took that on board and he improved it. And, you know, just both of those stories, um, just say everything, uh, you know, that, uh, to, uh, about these guys, that they, you know, they're really honest. They're very, very humble, but at the same time, they've just got this, you know, sort of confidence. And uh, yeah, just really, really but, loved it. But Matt, I'm reminded um, what also says so much about them is: Do you remember we bumped into Matt? He was uh, at Range Brewing. He was he was buying mm-hmm. some takeaways, yeah. <laughs> and it was and it was then we discovered. Oh, I misread the email. I've only just dropped the beers off for the uh, for the Queensland Beer Awards because he thought. You know, he had another two days, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he just dropped them off and just snuck them in uh, before the the shut off time. So that again shows how you know, not laissez faire, but just how you know it's it's just quintessentially Australian, you know, laconic. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of yeah, whatever yeah, happens. happens. Look, Larry as comes. I said um, in a couple of the social media posts, I shared the story. You know, like whenever you hear people talking about small and local and independent. Um, you know, and, and just turning those words into meaningless things, you know, potentially because everybody uses them as, as a marketing device for themselves. But those words have meaning in the brewing space because they make you think of breweries like Moffat Beach, you know, just one of those things that, that are really part of their community, really awesome people just having a go um, and doing it themselves and doing really, really well. And yeah, so like, Enough plugging for, for the podcast. If you haven't heard it, it's a really, really good chat. Done and well done. Um, that brings us to the end of an episode. It'll be interesting to uh, see what we can come up with as 
the title for this week's We're all episode. But while we are while we are putting well, on our thinking actually, caps, Pete, just before you do go, Claire, you, I don't know if you heard, but Claire said, um, "What's a larrikin? You've said oh, it twice. A larrikin now. is a, a um, not a bounder. Um, it's a bounder. I'm just trying to think of the, um, English and specifically Northern English. Um, <laughs> it's not a chav. It's somebody um, that's not maliciously." Um, like a cheeky chappy. Yeah, cheeky chappy. Yeah, cheeky yeah, chappy. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. All right, yeah. that'll do. Yeah. That there's got a sense of fun. More more um, more honest than a ne'er do well. Like there's no there's no malice. But if there's rules. you know, if there, if yeah, if there's a chance to kind of uh snub your nose at authority, um, but without malice. Oh that's, good. Oh, okay, I like that's that. Yeah. That sounds very Australian. Oh, it is. Is. But I'm sure I'm sure it probably came from from uh, from Cockney English or, or something oh, like that. Oh, okay. There's your homework for this Thanks. week, Claire. Thank you, and thank you very much for joining us. <laughs> thank you, Pete. Thanks for having me. I was uh, on time this time. At the boom in the room. Thank you also <laughs> to Cryer Malt, to Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging, and to Beer Cartel who make this possible every week. And thank you to you, Matt. Thank you, Pete. Look forward to uh, uh, yeah, as we edge ever closer to the new normal. Um, it'd be good to see things, you know, get back together. Hopefully, you know, the Queensland borders are open by the time um, well, mate, if, if Brucon not, comes around. You can move around. Well, it, it'll be open by the time um, Brucon uh, comes around. But you know, now that well, lockdown's that. ending and when school goes back, I'm looking forward to you getting out and sort of recording a couple of uh, beers. That beers are a conversation yeah, I've been, as well. Yeah, so I've been yeah lining up some um, uh, uh, interviewees, and so uh, yeah, once once we get the the all clear. We'll be, we'll be straight into it. I'll take some of that burden uh, from you. <laughs> so uh, that's the end of episode 271. Thanks very much to you. 271, all can you believe it? Listening. What's no, that? 271. Yeah. I want to hear like number We're gonna one. Start I'm going to listen 300. to it. <laughs> we, we shall. Uh, anyway, so I'll leave you with these thoughts. Um, drink fresh, drink local, be kind, and wash your damn hands. <laughs> Thanks very much. I'm Pete Mitchum. I've been your host of Good Brews Week. We'll see you all again next week. And we're out. Boom. <laughs>